Let's talk Georgia football, a little bit of NFL combine as well with Brent Rollins from UGASports.com and also Pro Football Focus at Brent Rollins PhD on Twitter. Hey, Brent, good afternoon. How are you, sir? Doing well. On my way to some high school baseball. Well, great. That, yeah, I, I told Brent we were texting earlier. I'd rather talk about that perhaps than the unfortunate topic we have to talk about. I, I just want your reaction, Brent, to all that we have learned today about the the January 15th crash and now the involvement of Jalen Carter. Well, it's one of those things where just you knew it was going to be bad when it came out. And it's bad. And it's really bad. And that that's the, like, you just hadn't known the details. You, you know, thought, heard whispers about X, Y, and Z, but now that you know that, hey, we have a, you know, some highly intoxicated kids driving at massive rates of speed, like, that's just, it's just sad and hurts and it's not good. No question. Uh, you you said right after this happened that you know that road, um, and now that we know that Chandler LaCroix was driving at 104 miles an hour at twice the legal limit. Uh, and, and Brent, look, I, I, I think I told you but when I was in Athens uh, about a month ago, I went over there, drove that road. I can't imagine going half that speed sober at that curve. Can you? No. Not at all. I mean, it's... Because it's just a quick... Just... It catches you kind of curve. There's not really a great warning to it you just feel like you're kind of on a normal road and then all of a sudden there's a little whip to the left i remember like it's yeah yeah 100 all right so now obviously jalen carter had to leave the combine and he says he's headed back to athens to answer the charges and to try to exonerate himself uh, do we need to learn more do nfl teams need to learn more before we know how this is going to impact him not only at the combine but with the draft in two months I think there just needs to be a finality to it. Because if it's lingering, then it becomes a thing. I mean, because you think back to uh, Lyle Collins, uh, the offensive tackle. Right. There was a lot of stuff that came out with him, and I I can't remember exactly what it was. It may have been like some domestic, but it came out literally, you know, days before the draft. And he went from possible mid to late first round to completely undrafted yeah. because there was no certainty. I think once there's some level of certainty with this, and I would, you know, you would hope that if there's, if it's not as, I guess if it's as minimal as maybe what it was made out to be in the report, for his from his and his only perspective, then, you know, maybe that that certainty happens quickly and, teams move on and they gather their intel some teams might still completely take him off the board and just be like okay sorry we're not we're not entertaining this but you know it's one of those where your talents do your talents trump your troubles and as long, like i said as long as there's a finality to it i think i don't think it's going to impact his draft as obviously unless it's like becomes worse and, you know sort of worst case scenario for him specifically well, and again, as I, I said, we don't know if there could be more charges or what else could come out. Uh, 
of, of this situation. And, Brent, I just hate that two players for the University of Georgia who were so important in the last two years of a national championship, back-to-back national championships, now have to answer questions about off-the-field stuff, of course, Look, I, I know people are saying, hey, two people are dead here, but we're talking about the football angle of this. And it, it's just so sad that Jalen Carter, who I think majority of the people who know anything about football would say is the, probably the best player in this draft. And also Stetson Bennett, as more information now is coming out today and the Athens Better Herald, I know Mark Weiser had it a day or two ago, about what happened in Dallas, it just sickens me that both Jalen Carter and Stetson Bennett have to answer off-the-field questions to teams that are going to want to know. Yeah, it's it becomes an annoying thing, especially from the player's perspective. And you gotta you have to be able to now stay calm because you're going to get asked the same questions likely 32 times, <laughs> or you yeah. know maybe less in Carter's case because of you know, how high he's predicted to be in the draft. But it just becomes a, can you, basically, you're being a professional starts instantaneously. It's not about your sort of talents. It's about how you handle yourself and everything about you and your character and all that goes with that. Brent, just 24 hours ago on our show, Russ and I were, were talking about, I actually asked Russ the question, all right, who, who would you rather have, uh, Jalen Carter, trade up to go Jalen Carter to go with Grady Jarrett or Darnell Washington, trade up in the second round to go the late first round to get Darnell Washington to put with Kyle Pitts? And now, obviously, the conversation's changed a little bit. Uh, heck, Carter might be there at number eight. You may not have to trade up. But uh, I want to ask you that question as well. Which, which would you prefer of those two options if they were available to the Falcons? Darnell. <laughs> I knew I that think, was going to be your answer. <laughs> well, one, I'm an I'm an offense guy, so like, yeah, <laughs> I, I lean offense. But two, it's just the nature of the team. One one defensive player is not going to change the Falcons' defense. Right. If they need six impact <laughs> players, and, you know they they just need they need it in volumes, and that's where to me that's where all their money needs spent. Right. I, I think offense. Is it's time to sort of uh, be the perfect? Uh, I, I guess grow all grow together. Like you have Pitts, you have London, you have Ritter, and maybe and maybe you draft another quarterback at eight. If dependent, who knows? But when you have all these young guys on offense growing together, Algier, like I think that sort of it makes for you know, hey, I spend money on one side while my offensive players are cheap, and then once those offensive players grow up. Now I go and draft and put assets in the you know, in the youth on the defensive side. Right. It just it makes sense to me to do that. We're two weeks away, almost to the moment, of when NFL free agency starts. Uh, along those same lines, you said kind of spend money on defense, and we were kind of debating this yesterday. Uh, uh, you know, they're not going to get the kid from Washington, Deron Payne, who got franchised, but J- Javon Hargrave from um, Philadelphia is available. And you wonder how he would be next to Grady Jarrett. What do you think about that? I, I think that'd be great. I go, go pay him. You got the space, you got the money. Go do it, Jesse. You know, you mentioned Jesse Bates. Like, go, go spend the money. Now, the, what will be fascinating to watch is how they structure because they're going to spend money. They're going to have to 
Right. But how do they structure these contracts? Because, for example, New England two years ago, two or three years ago, whatever it was, went and spent, you know, gobs of money in free agency. But they structured the contracts to where they're still in a good spot two years later, salary cap-wise, versus what the previous regime did, which was, you know, structure those contracts to where you're going to long-term, have long-term salary cap implications. So it's, do they, do they go and spend a lot of money on one and two year deals? I, I think it's just be fascinating to see how they, how it is they spend and allocate the money. Considering all the dead money they had to deal with when they inherited the position, I can't imagine them wanting to possibly have a repeat of that. Can you, I mean, that, that stymied this team from doing anything significant for two years. Yes. And I agree. And it's, you want to stay away from that. You want to be smart with it. And most importantly, all of it has to go to, all right, are we helping our quarterback? And yeah. one, two, or two, like, are they going to go, you know, could they go sign a Derek Carr? I don't think they've, they haven't really been linked to him. He hasn't met with him. But him or Tannehill or one of these, one of these sort of veteran guys, do they go that route or do they sort of bring in another young quarterback? Brent Rollins, our guest, we're talking uh, NFL football and talk about the talking about the the Falcons with the the combine coming up and the chance to see some of these players. I, I know the Lamar Jackson question is going to be asked a lot. Uh, I, I I asked that because the Orlando Ledbetter just tweeted about it. He, he he literally just tweeted landing Lamar Jackson would instantly transform the quarterback last Falcons. Um, but does the price of that, and, and you talked about their needs, even though they have salary cap room, they'd have to spend a lot of that on Jackson. Does does that deter that possibility for you? It does for me, especially when I think I can go draft a guy at eight. But the big but for me is this team has been boring, like just straight boring for two, <laughs> three, four years. And at least Lamar – gives you some level of, hey, I need to see what this looks like because you have an offensive coach. You have a guy who is you – you add a former MVP who's only 26 years old and yeah. who's legit like three months younger, only three or four months older than Stetson. Like, you add <laughs> that, you know, I, okay, now I'm interested. Now I at least want to watch versus just, okay, we're going we're gonna to go play a 20 to 17. And then it's just going to – be ho-hum, like, at least, and, you know, about this, in Atlanta itself, like, Atlanta, you, you, you can't just be, you either really good, or you got to be really entertaining, and I think Lamar has that, and if you can get him, go for it, why not? Well, I, I think it's going to be interesting to see if they're going to be tempted by that. I do. And you bring up a great point. And even with, you know, look, uh, every team in football is going to be linked to that number one pick. And I know uh, Miles Garrett uh, of Fox 5 asked Terry Fontenot yesterday about, look, when you have a situation like that where it's obvious the number one pick is on the open market, do you check in with them? And Terry Fontenot said, yeah, sure. I mean, I think we're going to we're going to do that. And, and it sounded like he probably already had. And, you know, I can't imagine. Well, I mean, I could have imagined yesterday, but maybe not now, about Jalen Carter being the target if they moved up. Because it's going to be one of those quarterbacks, don't you think, if they did move up to number one? Oh, yeah, 100%. I actually, I actually tend to think that the, for the first 
six picks could potentially be quarterbacks. Really? Like I, oh. I think it's the four quarterbacks and Carter and Will Anderson. Those are the first yeah. six picks wow. in some order. Yeah, it sounds like if Richardson has a good weekend, Brent, it's going to be hard to keep him out of the top six. He, to me, he's the one for Atlanta just because of what he does and what he can be. I know SEC and, and, and Georgia fans kind of like, what are you, are you crazy? But <laughs> the things with him are, from a mechanical standpoint, one, are fixable. Two, I think, are minimized a little bit in the NFL because of the, how the style of play and, one, especially Arthur Smith's offense. But three, there's, there's, just, there's things where he's instantly going to be a one percenter, top one you know, to two percent guy physically at the position in the league. And when you think about, hey, could I get a young quarterback that in two to three years is one of the better quarterbacks in the league, and at least talent-wise, and then production, like, it, it makes too much sense to me. Terry Fontenot also said, Brent, that he really didn't tie, want to time himself down to anyone as far as the quarterback situation is concerned. It's not like, I guess, that means that he's going to come out and say, all right, Desmond Ritter is our starter no matter what. But if they did that and, let's say, drafted Richardson at eight, what would that mean for Desmond Ritter, in your opinion? I, go compete. Go be the best guy. Yeah. I mean, be the it, best man win. It really is, and I, I think in that situation, it's not like you've committed heavy resources to Ritter. He's a third-round pick. Right. You know, it's not like he is a first-round pick who's financially you know, committed. And, yes, you bring in a first-round pick, but guess what? You're at least taking a swing at the absolute most important position in the game. You, and the more swings you take and if you, until you find the guy, because – the beautiful part about where the Falcons are to me, and I will constantly harp on this, is they are in the NFC. That is the right. place to be. You yes. don't have to beat Burrow, Allen, Mahomes, Lawrence, like Herbert. You don't have to beat those guys two or three times in a row. Yeah. No, I, I think you're right. I, I don't think there's any doubt about it. I, I think my only thing about this conversation, and I, I understand the temptation with Lamar. I understand the, the temptation with one of the four quarterbacks. I almost prefer that Desmond Ritter would have gotten three or four more games to have quieted this so he won't have to worry about it. Because, Mike, when you look at this yep. roster, and you alluded to this, Brent, I mean, they've got a ton of holes to fill between this draft and free agency. And it would be so much easier if it was a slam dunk. We're not taking a quarterback no matter what we've got our guy. But there seems to be still ambiguity in that issue. Yeah, and that's – you think about, all right, what your your choices are, one QB go after A, Lamar, which, by the way, they've already shown that they would do in a way. Right. Because they that's right. went after – you know, they made an interest in Deshaun. But then, two – it's all right if you don't. You're following the Eagles' model, and now you're saying that this year we want to see improvement. We want to see a full season in him as a starter, and just improve to the point where we feel good about it in year three. And you go and continually invest, and then in year three you expect to be really good, a la what the Eagles were this past season. Yeah. If that yep, and if he's and if he's the guy, and there's not a 
you know, you don't bring in a Tannehill. Maybe, you know, your backup is a somebody who's more on the downside, not necessarily that could come in and instantly compete and be your starter. Right. Then that, that's your model, and that's fine. So go invest the resources, go spend the money while you can, and go be as good as you possibly can be because the division is 100% wide open. Oh, no doubt about that. No doubt. I mean, I, I, I'd be shocked if in two months, regardless of what they do, with the improvement to the roster that we're going to see, if we do not say this is the team to beat in the NFC South. Wouldn't you be shocked if we don't say that? I think you're right. Yes. Yeah. I think at least from a I – mean, I think Carolina could be sneaky with the QB market, but I do think they'll actually go young QB draft-wise. Uh, but yeah. outside of that, I, I mean, I do think New Orleans could, you know, be in the their car sweepstakes, be you know, or, sure. or not so sweepstakes, but in the market. Uh, yeah. But in that realm, and they're always finding ways to figure out whatever the you know the make believe cap is. So it, you never know. But I do think, like you said, once you get through free agency and you see the money that is spent, likely on the defensive side of the ball, Atlanta should be in prime position to be that content, that primary guy or odds-on favorite for the division. Brent Rollins has been our guest talking football. Great stuff, my friend. We appreciate it. Enjoy the combine. We'll chat about what we saw in the combine next week with you, okay? Awesome. Sounds great. Thanks, Bill.